Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Dom Giordano on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. What a week it's been. Think about the beginning of the week. Think where we were with the Speaker of the House. Now we have someone who, in a lot of ways, is right out of central casting. And that means the media has to pounce. And they are. Genius of comedy. I'll play you him in a moment. Stephen Colbert last night reduced to just calling him a four-letter word. Why not? This is what they do. That tells you they're afraid of this guy. But I'm going to play you a clip. Just to test, because people, you know, we're feeling this out. Here is Mike Johnson with Hannity from the Thursday uh, interview, or the was it the Wednesday interview? And they're talking about Ukraine. And this is the needle that Mike Johnson's going to have to thread here. Uh, does this give us a sense of where he is? Now, I don't hear any particularly out of line here about where I am on Ukraine. But I'll ask you, do you? In other words, do you think he's going to push or at least allow massive new funding for Ukraine? Can he be counted on not to do that, as we knew Jim Jordan and some others? As I said, uh, there are people on the right making a big deal out of this today. I don't see the big deal. Here's what he told Hannity about Ukraine, Putin, and funding. About the issue of Ukraine, number one, if you're going to fight a war, you should fight it to win it. thought the president made a horrible mistake by denying MIGs that were offered by Poland. I think the president made a horrible mistake trying to put handcuffs on the Ukrainian army led by Zelensky uh, on the issue of how they will fight and what weapons they can and cannot use like cluster bombs. Um, I don't like the fact that Europe doesn't pay their fair share. So they've got 78 billion. He wants another 61 billion. How will you deal with the issues that he, he wants to tie all of these issues together, which now gets into the budgetary process? Will you go issue by issue? I told the staff at the White House today that our consensus among House Republicans is that we need to bifurcate those issues. I agree with your assessment in Ukraine, and that's why the American people are demanding some real accountability for the use of those dollars. Now, we can't allow Vladimir Putin to prevail in Ukraine because I don't believe it would stop there, and it would probably encourage and empower China to perhaps make a move on Taiwan. We have these concerns. Um, We're not going to abandon them, but we have a responsibility, a stewardship responsibility over the precious treasure of the American people. And we have to make sure that the White House is providing the people with some accountability for the dollars. And we want to know what the objective there is. What is the end game in Ukraine? The White House has not provided that. I was at the White House for a couple of hours today, and I told the the staff there that this is where we are. This is where the House Republicans are. So we're going to look at Israel separately. That kind of money is that America having a proxy war with Putin and Russia? 
it's, it's a great concern. We've got a, gr a, a group of our colleagues here in the House uh, led by Mark, Mike Garcia out of California, a brilliant uh, legislator and a, a top gun pilot. And some of our veterans have gotten together, Dan Crenshaw is involved in this and others. They came up with a document that presents 12 critical questions for the White House to answer as a condition of our supplying the additional support. These are not hard questions, Sean. These are things the White House should be forthcoming about. I delivered that myself. Oh, you did deliver it to the president? I delivered it myself today and, and to the National Security Advisor, Jake Sullivan. Did and you read it? Uh, he says he's studied. Going to, he's going okay. to study yes. it tonight yes. during the show. Yes. So okay. uh, we, we want to be cooperative. We need to work together on this. But we, we owe it to the people to know what the plan is, where the money is going to be spent, and we need some auditing for the dollars that we've already sent over there. These are not tough questions. All right. I agree with much of that. 855. Now, this, this is such a major issue. Here's what I don't agree with it there. If I were Hannity... I would have drilled down more and said consensus of this audience. I don't know nationwide, but I think of conservatives, conservative Republicans is no matter how they answer those questions. I mean, what answer are they going to give that we're going to spend another seventy eight billion dollars? So on that, I would have forced him to clarify that a little bit more. I guess the questions are hey, accountability. Yes, that's a given. And he's right. He's right on that. That's what we ought to be doing. Absolutely. But that's not it. They can be accountable all they want. They are corrupt. We know that. They've already misspent, done God knows what with what. But we don't want to give them any more. So if the question is, what's the goal? And the goal is to do what? You know, specifically, are they willing to compromise with Putin? No, I don't think they are. Okay, I understand that. So what do we do? I would have asked Mike Johnson, does that mean we keep on spending? Is that what you're saying? Now, I, I just think it's a clarification point here. But when I hear names like Crenshaw on this, who I really like, but not on stuff like this, uh, what does that tell us? 855-839-1210. That's how you get in. Are you okay with what he said there? In other words, I'll translate it. He's saying if they meet these conditions and answer these questions about they're not expecting to drive the Russians completely out of Ukraine. Is that what the critical question is? Okay. Then how much money are we willing to give them? Isn't that what it's about? Or if they answer all these to the satisfaction of Mike Johnson and Republicans in the House, would you be okay with continuing to fund them? That's what the real issue is. People don't want to continue to spend this money, more so than the answer to these questions. So I just think this needs to be drilled down, challenged a little bit more here, so I know exactly what his position is. But I'm not uh, doing what these people on the far right are doing. They're going wild now, saying, oh, man, we've been betrayed. I don't think Jim Jordan in that position would be saying exactly the same thing. Hannity should have followed up more. Maybe he didn't want to because, you know, it's it's touchy. 855-839-1210, simple question. You heard it. Are you okay with that? Now, I love this choice on so many different levels, but the Ukraine stuff is the first big test here. And so far, it appears to be saying we're willing to spend what? I mean, I like we're going to separate this out. We're not letting them mix all these at the border and Israel and Ukraine together to get their way. We're not going to do that. Yeah, I'm on board with that. Well, what about 
this idea that seems to be, if they answer these questions correctly, I haven't seen the questions anywhere yet. We'll try to get them as soon as possible. Are you okay with $78 billion more dollars? I'm not. I mean, this is just endless on this. How would you get assurances that that's what they're going to do? And a year from now, we're not back here or six months with a demand for more money. 855-839-1210. That's how you get on board. Now, uh, NBC particularly, very critical of Mike Johnson. And and I see this as, hey, it's not the status quo anymore. It's a good thing. They end a big piece about Johnson and this pastor of his that um, is um, causing a stir. He's an evangelical Christian. There's no doubt about it. And NBC ends their piece by saying, looking around at his fellow lawmakers, Johnson said that God has allowed and ordained each and every one of us to be here at this specific moment. Hearing those words from the Speaker of the House was a landmark moment for evangelicals. This is not just Ronald Reagan or Donald Trump saying, I'm on your side. Mike Johnson is one of them. I want to tell all my colleagues here what I told the Republicans in that room last night. I don't believe there are any coincidences in a matter like this. I believe that Scripture, the Bible, is <clears throat> very clear that, that God is the one that raises up those in authority. He raised up each of you, all of us. And, and I believe that God has ordained and allowed each one of us to be brought here for this specific moment in this time. This is my belief. I believe that each one of us has a huge responsibility today to use the gifts that God has given us to serve the extraordinary people of this great country, and they deserve it. Okay. So uh, he's one of them, and they don't like that. Here's Stephen Colbert last night, this wretched excuse for a comedian. Here's uh, Colbert telling us what he thinks. I believe he calls him Magic Mike. They're playing with that, or MAGA Magic Mike. You know, they like the Mike thing here just because that film is how many years old? Come on. Get a new line. You get 32 Dans there writing for him. All right, Dom, go out there and say this. Get some, corny, corny get some new, segment, get some yeah. new writers here. Come on, yeah, pretty corny. Here's Colbert. From the people who didn't see Magic Mike because they thought it would turn them gay, comes a brand new Johnson that just became fully elect. The country demands strong leadership of this body. This fall, you won't believe the size of his spending package. I've seen it. He will bang all night long, and he wants to strip away your rights. Starring Speaker Mike Johnson as MAGA Mike, XX election denier. What a d- All right, thank you very much, uh, Stephen Colbert Show. Yes, the election denier thing, that's uh, still out there. That's not moving away at all. Uh, here is what uh, he did say to Hannity, though, that I think you know, but he really emphasized that he didn't pull away from it at all. This is 6A, Dan. Here's Mike Johnson telling Hannity what informs him. What's his worldview? Anybody that knows me will tell you this is true. I am a rule of law guy. I made a, a career defending the rule of law. I respect the rule of law. When the Supreme Court issued the Obergefell opinion, that became the law of the land. Okay, I respect the rule of law, but I also genuinely love all people regardless of their lifestyle choices. This is not about the people themselves. I, I am a Bible-believing Christian. Someone asked me today in the media, they said, it's a curious, people are curious, what does Mike Johnson think about any issue under the sun? I said, well, 
go pick up a Bible off your shelf and read it. That's, that's my worldview. That's what I believe. And so that's I make your no personal problem. worldview. It's my personal worldview. But here's the thing. Everybody comes to the House of Representatives with deep personal convictions. But all of our personal convictions are not going to become law. That's, this is a, a, a big body of people. There's 435 members in the House. You have to argue and find consensus and all of that. So I have no agenda other than what's best for the American people and to defend the rule of law. And that's what we're doing. All right. So 855-839-1210. Got to see these 12 questions that he talked about. Uh, let me go to Vincent in Hamilton to start off today with Dom on Talk Radio 1210. Hey, Vincent. How are you? Good. My my opinion basically is that I believe we should we should stop the funding and they should negotiate it back to to basically tell Russia and that that you will retreat back to the to the the ground or whatever they received from Ukraine during the Obama administration and then let's rebuild the Ukraine because this is wait 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 a minute yeah but what's going to make Putin do that. I think Putin would do it. I don't think Putin wants this war anymore than my husband because he looks like a like a like like nobody. All right, thank you, Vincent. No, Putin's not going to uh, retreat back to the lines and say we have an agreement. Oh, he's going to want something, some of that land, some of that. That's not an easy thing. That's why it's a tough question. You heard what Johnson said. That worry you a little bit that uh, these twelve questions are out there. Hello. Dan Crenshaw, I've been in his presence twice, once when we did a show with him, once there in the Oval Office. I mean, this guy is a true American hero, warrior, etc. But when it comes to stuff like this, uh, I don't want him as the arbiter of these 12 questions, etc. with Ukraine. I know where his leanings are. That's fair. That's his background. So uh, these 12 questions, what could they possibly be? And then we get more funding? I, I, I took a completely different, okay. you know, uh, side. Of, like when when I heard Mike out there, what, what I was kind of hearing in between the lines was, we're going to ensure that everything, all the funding, separated, which he made the point of. But we're also going to discuss whether or not Ukraine needs to be funding it. And nope, I, I just nope. feel like whoa, whoa, that, that, that's the whoa. thing, Didn't though. Say if, that, Dan. Didn't say that. But but we're assuming that we're, we're putting words into his mouth that no, he he's either there, there's it's either black or white this situation. We're either considering funding or there's absolutely no funding. And I feel like Republicans, conservatives, unless they hear that there's absolutely no funding, they're not going to support it. And absolutely no congressman is going to say that right now and make a definite decision that we're not going to fund Ukraine. Several of them have. But no, if, if you, if you, if you ask someone show. with power, tip your hand to Putin like that. That's uh, giving them a green light. Jim Jordan said it on the show, no more funding And that's for why Ukraine. Jim Jordan's probably not sitting there as a speaker of the right. House right well, now. Well, I think there's a lot of them that agree with him, more than you think. Okay, I know that's difficult. I hear what you're saying strategically with Putin, but I think that's what they're saying. That's where I think people are. They I, don't want to do it. The 12 questions, I think, is a great thing. I think, yeah, let's ask these questions. Let's find out what exactly is needed, and let's get them some money so they can continue defending, you know, Western values. So you're willing to spend I'm money. willing to spend it's, money it's in Ukraine. I'm not willing to spend $8 billion in endless spending in Ukraine. I want a limit. I want an end goal. I want the number, and I want similar well, to what we're help? seeing in Israel. Okay. Israel. I want to see a right. – I'm, I'm married to an account, and I want to see a bulleted point as to where this well, money is going to go. I would send Maisie over there. That's true. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, but yeah, the point is, though, um, they're not going to give you that. I mean, you know, you're not going to get black and white answers on this stuff. So not, uh, unless, gonna... unless the speaker comes out and says absolutely no funding to Ukraine, us conservatives aren't going to be happy with it? 
No, I didn't say that, but I, I, I'm more critical that I would have jumped in there, Dan. I don't care whatever else I talked about with this guy. I know where the meat of this is, and I think Hannity maybe was avoiding it a little bit. I would have gone back. Maybe I would have said what you said. Exactly what are you saying here? And yeah. I realize strategies yeah, change fair. and all this type of stuff. Yeah, I do want to see the 12 questions. I mean, the impasse is they don't want to do that. Putin doesn't want to do it. So what's the, the leverage? The leverage is to say we're not giving you any more money. I hear your point. And, and uh, Johnson's on your side. We're not going to let Putin overrun Ukraine. That means we'll continue to fund them somewhat. All right, 855-839-1210. Is Dan right on that one? To be uh, in uh, the good with conservatives here, you have to say no more funding. Jim Jordan did say that several times with us. What does that mean? Absolutely no more funding no matter what? Yeah, we're not going to let Putin overrun Ukraine, right? Or are we saying, oh, well, we've given him enough already? So, so can, can I lay out exactly where I stand on this issue? Yeah. Because that, Robert Schwartz, we broadcast every day, if you're unaware, youtube.com slash at right. WPHD Dining with Dom. And Robert's a, a common commenter, and he says, Biden's an extortionist, not a negotiator. That's the problem. Whereas Trump is a negotiator, and the root of negotiation is using your power and revel, uh, leverage. But there's a phrase there, Biden is an extortionist. And I really, I really think that this... This war in Ukraine, there, there's something nefarious going on here that the funding is just endless and it's going into the pockets of somebody. And I want to prevent that from happening, but I also realize how important it is to remain the, the power on the world stage. If we, you know, okay. give any Okay, here's where I differ with you. You're right. There's corruption there, most corrupt so in the world. So much corruption. That's not it. With my gauge, gut instinct with them, they don't want to fund it anymore. Now, this may be only the loudest voices that call in. If you've never called in before, which one is right? Dan saying that you, you really what you're saying is we want more accountability. Yeah, maybe we'll continue to fund, uh, but not this. Well, what number? I'm saying a lot of people are just saying that's it. We've done all that we can do essentially here. Now, if it appears that Putin's about ready to just overrun the whole country, are people then going to say, oh, man, we can't have that happen? 855 855- Eight three nine twelve ten. You get on board. All right. One of the all-time not only callers but announcers, Scott of Mount Laurel, coming hey. up here. I'll give you the side question. It is a great one today. I poached it off somebody else on Twitter. It's eh, vaguely Halloween related. I just like it, and I I have two good ones. I'm going to take off the board. But if you've never called before, what does that mean? And look, I love Mike Johnson on this. I just would have drilled down to get what that means. If I get Johnson on, I'm going to say my perception is not Dan's, that the majority of people listening to the station don't want to be funding this anymore. That's what I think it is. Not, well, we want to count a bit. Sure, we want that. But I, I just don't think people are on this. They see it as never ending. How are you going to force Zelensky then into some kind of agreement with Putin. Neither one of them wants a compromise on this, and they're not going to do that. You know, it kills me when people think, or even Trump going in within 24 hours. That's ridiculous. That's just ridiculous. What he would have to do then is give Putin something to get this to stop. And Zelensky can't and won't do that. you got to face the world, the reality of the world as it is at times, where people are hardening their position. And I think... Listeners are harding into the position. We don't want to do this spending. We just don't. It's not just about accountability. All right, 855-839-1210. You get on board. 
Never called before. Tell me where you are. Are you one of those that said, no, Dom, it's really about accountability here. I don't know where that's money going. What are we doing with all that? I just think it's enormous. What's the limit? How much should we spend to prevent Putin from overcoming? Is any amount? I'm not being crazy. I'm not saying a trillion, but $500 billion, $300 billion, $200 billion. It might take that. You're trying to get to Brapies. I uh, have another yeah. wrinkle to the full. Yeah, quickly. Uh, yeah. 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 So I, I just think a lot of this stems from the America first mentality that Trump yeah. presented. Yeah, right? exactly. And, and where I stand on this is I am 100% America first. And I, I just, I question it. If we don't protect our values, our American values, on an international stage, is that truly being America first? Oh, nice spin there on that. I'll let the uh, I'll let the see if that's going to fly with the America first crowd here. <laughs> oh man! No, look, I, I understand. Like oh, fight, no. fighting endless stupid wars yeah. is an absolutely dumb idea. But if we're talking Russia, Iran, and China getting together for the next world war then, yeah, I think it is important to be America first in protecting American well, see, values. My argument is Taiwan is not as much, if we have a president like Trump, probably DeSantis, DeSantis, I think, too. It's because of Biden and his weakness. If we have a president they're afraid of or it's unpredictable what they'll do, the Chinese are not going to go marching on Taiwan then. They're not looking at uh, what happens in Ukraine. They're looking at who the president is. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Dom Giordano's show. Uh, Bill O'Reilly in about 8, uh, 9, 10 minutes. Um, I'll ask him about this. His new book, Doing Gangbusters. But uh, he got kind of upset last night on Newsmax. And when he gets up, my all-time favorite, I've asked both of them, and I'm more I've asked Geraldo, that time they had to battle over the border, did you think O'Reilly was going to come over the top rope? He said, not only think it, I have both fists balled up, and I'm convincing myself I'm not five foot six nothing, I'm six foot two, and I'm ready to stomp on O'Reilly when they were arguing. By the way, um, Neil Zorn today, if you're not there at that time, I will... um, uh, recommend Get Gotti on Netflix. And Gotti turns around, Dan, as they're walking through this one crowd and goes, Hey, Araldo, I'm almost as famous as you. Something <laughs> like that. Araldo <laughs> looks like he's 40 then. 
It might even be 38 or so. Yeah, it's pretty nuts. And Aroldo, of course, then jumps to the front of the line, you know. All right, let's go to uh, Scott in Mount Laurel. Hey, Scott, welcome in. Hey, Dom. I met Geraldo at that great debate, uh, immigration debate. That was a oh, lot of fun. Oh, my nice God. Guy. With Joey Vento and Geraldo together. Oh, and you know, you know, Scott, but other listeners, we put Stu Bykovsky in the middle yep. so that Joey couldn't see Geraldo and get too worked up in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a great day. That was a yeah. lot of fun. Um, so on the Ukraine thing, I think that, you know, we talked in the last week about that we think Johnson's good for the job compared to maybe Jordan in the sense that He's more prosecutorial. He's not a firebrand. Right. And I think kind of what he's doing, and I'm, maybe I'm hoping, but I think what he's doing is that he's trying to corner the Democrats. Like any negotiation, he's trying to get them to say what they want. Then the people can see the weakness of their position. And also, if, you know, the difference is, like, you were talking about people having hardened positions. If we come out and we say, hey, we're against all funding, boom, and that we, we make a solid line like that, we're going to have a firestorm argument and these undecided people you know are, are going to be unpersuadable to our side i think we have a better chance of persuading them if we kind of get the democrats to have to say hey, we have no answers we can't defend our position and by that more subtle prosecutorial prosecutorial approach uh, we're going to get a better result i didn't hear it that way though and maybe in a follow-up uh with if hannity had followed up as i would have maybe he would have couched it. I got to see these questions, and that's good. But I think it's suspect. Dan Crenshaw, to me, is suspect on this, Scott. You know, he, he would want to prosecute it. That's And I respect his position. I mean, when I have Alan West on, I, I don't think we're in quite agreement on this. How about you? How much more money, then, would you say? Whatever it takes? Well, what does it take no, me? I think we have to have limits. I think the thing is that this is going to be a real test for Mike Johnson. Yeah. That we're going to see where he goes. With it. You know, sometimes what, what bothers me in the debates of all this stuff is that Democrats will allow their people to speak like conservatives and be moderate, knowing that in the end they're going to get that left-wing result. But – you know, and I get it. We've been burned so many times with people that speak conservative and then are not on our side. But we have to at least give Johnson, I think, the chance to talk the moderate talk and hope that we get the conservative result. Yeah, I just would put it a different way. I would allow a space. I hear what you're saying. I would say it a little bit differently, though. But uh, look, I still love this choice for exactly the reasons you talked about. This guy's going to be hard to demonize, to put it mildly, and they're already going down the rabbit hole because he's an uh, evangelical Christian to go after him on that. Uh, Thank you, Scott. Have a nice weekend. All right. um, Here is the uh, O'Reilly audio uh, sound from last night with Eric Boeing. Uh, Riley likes McCarthy. I think, more than uh, Mike Johnson. Well, he's also making the point of Matt Gates is around there dunking now that he was right in the first place. And well, just... we're in agreement with that, yeah, but uh, okay. I don't know what you're gloating about. I thought McCarthy ran a show pretty well. We'll see if Johnson is uh, you super do, do you, Bill? Do you? <laughs> so you see this. So Bill and I see eye to eye on so many things, and, and I just I completely back the, the eight people who stood up for the principals who wanted – who wanted to not throw right. trillions so of dollars at, 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 at Biden's ridiculous uh, spending sprees and said, nah, enough is enough. McCarthy, you're a rhino. You're an old school. Bill, but, I can't it, believe but, you're and, saying you backed the rhinos. No, 
That means, if by that logic, all right, 213 um, members of the Republican House are rhinos because they voted to keep McCarthy. So are they all insane? I mean, is that what you're telling me? Look, you govern by working with the opposition. That's all right. I'm, I, sorry, I, I'm I, sorry. I was going to fast forward it because. Uh, yeah, that's where he tells uh, Boeing to uh, he's going to speak look, slower. I, I'll yeah. make this point again and I'll slow it down so you understand it, Boeing. Matt Gates <laughs> would get nothing done if he were Speaker of the House. Nothing. Nothing. He'd run around saying, yes, stop, stop, bop, 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 and nothing would change because Americans don't want strident ideology. Now, there are a lot of them in that category, but you've got to come together to solve the problems, and Gates can't solve anything. All right, so O'Reilly in the on-deck circle. Well, we're not talking Gates, though, Bill. We're talking Johnson. Uh, Riley's still too much sure the McCarthy side here. That's yesterday's news. All right, big issues, big guests. Uh, we just played you some of the stylings of Bill O'Reilly last night with Eric Boeing. He's back. His new book on gangbusters, Killing the Witches, the Horror of Salem, Massachusetts. Make a great gift for Christmas coming up or whenever. Let's go to Bill O'Reilly. Hey, Bill, welcome in. Congratulations again on everything going on with this book. Yeah, we're real pleased with it. Um, big bestseller already and the scariest Halloween book ever. With apologies to Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> well, again, the insight from the last conversation we had that you find the nugget here of exactly. That's not the sense I was ever taught in school or what the Salem witch trials were all about. Much different and a much more intriguing and accurate portrayal of what happened. Yeah, I mean, I was uh, talking to uh, WABC in New York uh, about an hour ago. And it's our flagship radio uh, station. And I, they were asking me, well, how do you put these books together and how come it's the best-selling nonfiction book series of all time? And it's, it's very simple. If I don't know something and I come across it in the research, I put it in the book. And um, before I decide to write on a topic – I try to make the topic relevant to today. And the witch hunt and trials in 1692, as we discussed last time on your program, Dom, are back. Cancel yes. culture is a witch yeah, hunt. Exactly. There's no doubt about it. No due process, accusations, you're guilty, whatever. And the last third of uh, Killing the Wishes deals with that. But I didn't know about Benjamin Franklin getting involved with this witch stuff and, and bringing all of his outrage about it into the constitutional debate in Philadelphia. I didn't know that until we decided to – we started to research the witch's book, and it, it's just astounding. So anyway, we uh, I appreciate you mentioning it, having me on, and uh, we hope people uh, will check it out. And again, for Halloween, nothing better. Well, that's uh, I didn't know that either about Ben Franklin. That's the insight. No. But it, it takes an eye. It takes the other the, uh, the Dugard that works with you. But it takes a Bill O'Reilly eye sensibility on that to say definitively that's it, and then connect it to something that's happening right now, and uh, the the cancel culture stuff, the stuff going on. So 
we had Alan Dershowitz on, and he and I were in agreement. I think you will be, too, but we'll see on this cancel culture thing. I'm wary of some people then spinning it back and saying we're canceling all these students at Harvard, wanting to know who they are that signed off supporting Hamas. I think we have a right. I don't want to hire somebody. Yeah, they have a chance to say, look, I was mistaken. I was wound up. I'm a kid. I renounce that. But, Bill, is that uh, is that cancel culture in your mind? Sure. And that's the irony of it. Cancel culture was invented about 10 years ago by the progressive left mm-hmm. off the Saul Alinsky book, Rules for Radicals, to harm and destroy people that the progressive movement didn't like. And they were in the forefront of my battles for the past uh, 27 mm-hmm. years. Um, and they finally got the mainstream media to buy in. And that's what happened. Um, and now, ironically, some of these pro-Hamas students are going to suffer in their um, search for a job. But Dershowitz is in the forefront of that. He wants to you know, do, uh, let everybody know who these students are. I would not do that. Why not? Because they're idiots. And I was an idiot in college, and I, I'm betting you were too. Um, <laughs> yeah. Now, I wasn't an idiot at that level. I wasn't because I was in the Vietnam era and I understood that Ho Chi Minh wasn't a good guy and that Jane Fonda was a traitor. I understood both of those things. But was I a sophisticated thinker? No, I was not. And, you know, there is redemption or there should be uh, in this country. So I don't believe that this movement, this uh, anti-Semitic pro-Hamas movement is very large. I think most Americans are decent people. They do support Israel. They understand there's no difference between this and 9-11. It's exactly the same. Um, So it's not George Floyd reaction. This is targeted. But the major problem is these universities, like the University of Pennsylvania, which is right down a block from you. Well, exactly. And and they are. And you probably know this, Bill. I'm not sure, though, because it was only here that we knew about it. They had the Palestinian Writers Conference a month or so before all this happened. Roger Waters, who is an anti-Semite, he does it in his shows and others were featured there. And Penn pretended like they didn't know too much about it when they did. So that's why Penn really got hit with this. Yeah, I mean, look. It's not just Penn. It's Harvard, my alma mater. Mm-hmm. It's Columbia, New York City. It's UCLA. It's Tulane in New Orleans. They're infested with radical left professors and administrators. Infested. The college that I got my history degree and before I got a master's at Harvard is Marist College in Poughkeepsie, New York. Very small school, 90 miles north of the city, was established for working class kids like me. It is now a lunatic asylum. That's how far left it's gone. So that is a serious, serious problem. These dopey kids, you know... Some of them will wind up in, uh, you know, the far left precincts, but most of them will come back to earth. Bill, since we last talk, and again, we're talking with Bill O'Reilly, his new book, Killing the Witches. Uh, President Trump, sometimes you go back and forth and talk with him. What's your sense of how Trump sees the world at this point? Is he worried about any of this? He'd have to, to a degree. But how's Trump uh, dealing with this? I think he's uh, consumed with his own situation at this point. 
Um, he was Israel's best friend, as everybody knows. Um, he believes that if he had been reelected, none of this would be happening in Ukraine, in um, in Gaza, and he can make a, a cogent argument to that effect. Uh, the Iranians certainly feared him. If you read my book, Killing the Killers, we take you through how the United States dismantled al-Qaeda, ISIS, and the uh, Iranian Revolutionary Guard by killing Soleimani step by step. And that's what Israel has to do, targeted annihilation of Hamas, not just going in there and blowing up everything. But anyway, Trump uh, was a large part of that strategy. Um, they feared him around the world, and I think it's safe to say that very few people fear Joe Biden. That's what worries me the most. It's the president, and I still think it will be Biden-Trump. Did Bill O'Reilly think it'll be Biden-Trump in 2024? No, I don't think Biden's going to make it. I think if you look at the stair step that's going on in the House of Representatives now, they're compiling an awful lot of information that uh, Joe Biden, when he left the vice presidency, took a substantial amount of money from his son and brother uh, off their grifting operations. And I think that's going to be a real problem for Biden. And you combine that with his obvious, um, uh, let's say, condition, although he he wasn't bad this week, Biden. He had a pretty good comeback to the PBS reporter who was simply outrageous baiting him uh, over Israel and Hamas. It was disgraceful, but that's PBS. I mean, my God. Yeah, he just said no. That was his only answer. No, he, said, yeah. he said basically, yeah. I, I don't believe the Hamas casualties. Right. right. You know, I don't, I don't believe what they're putting out. Now, that showed a little acuity to do that. He usually doesn't have that. Um, but then the next day he didn't do anything. He took he took a nap for the whole day. <laughs> so so at Bill O'Reilly at BillO'Reilly.com and all your shows, all your enterprises, what's the top thing you're zoning in on? Last time you talked about inflation, but you can only talk about that so much. Americans yeah. get it. I think they're connecting the dots somewhat to the Biden policies. But what else is at top of the order? Well, I have message of the day um, today on BillOReilly.com, and anybody can read that. You just go in, you read it, you read my columns on racism. Um, and I think it's a pretty cogent message that uh, nobody is born a racist. You have to uh, acquire that, and you have to foster that. And that's the problem, that there are a minority of people on the planet who have no problem being uh, haters. They have no problem doing it. And they're always going to be there. There's nothing you can do to eradicate it. But when it's uh, allowed and not called out, as we're seeing on the nation's college campuses, when you can actually have a club full of hatred and the college administrators will finance your club, you've got a serious problem here. So, you know, I have a, a myriad of uh, things on uh, my news agency that we deal with. We deal with the uh, inefficiency of both political parties in America. They won't solve any problems. It's all this House Speaker thing is a total waste of time. I had to educate bowling last night. I know you played the clip. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just ridiculous. I mean, all oh, the rhinos. Oh, stop. Will you? Come on. Um, it's just ridiculous. Solve the problems. I don't care who the speaker is. It could be Casper the Friendly Ghost. I don't care. Just solve the problems, okay? Stop with this ideology and this nonsense. And um, But I'm watching the stock market here, and this is getting me worried uh, because Biden is so inefficient. His government is so bad, second worst president in our history, um, that you know now the financial institutions are starting to say – we got a big problem, and we got another year of this guy. 
he's not going to be reelected. I just can't imagine that happening in this country. You know, you can hate Trump all day long, and I understand why people hate him. And I don't justify his conduct at all. All right. But he ran the show in a pretty tight manner uh, for four years. And now we have chaos in Washington. I don't remember two presidents that are more polar as far as personality. And as you just said, tight operation, business, and then Biden and Rehoboth again today. So what kind yeah, of if, go ahead. If, if these guys are indeed the nominees, they don't have to campaign. Why would you campaign? They should just go to the movies. Just go to the movies. I think the Scorsese movie is three weeks long. Just go to the movies. All right. It, okay. But by there it is. There's a ballot Biden Trump. If you don't know now, you should renounce your citizenship. Move to Canada. Okay. Come on. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. You can't get more opposite than that. So what kind of deals do we have here at the O'Reilly sector and all these books, Bill? What are you offering uh, you for get, Christmas? You get a time? free copy of any of my book if you become a premium member, which okay. will enhance your life. And by that, I mean um, you'll have immediate access to honest information. And that is a big thing in this country. It is hard to get honest information. I'm not an ideologue. I don't spin anything. We back everything up with facts, which is why we're so successful in television, radio, and in uh, the publishing business. Um, and the second thing is we have an awful lot of fun. I mean, we have good people on a website. We police the website. There's no obscenities. There's no personal attacks. You can't do that. Um, if you do do that, then you are given a refund. We don't want any of that. We want to have robust debate. We want to have a few laughs. And, um, you know, that's what we're in business to do. So, um, you know, I've been doing this now for six and a half years, Dom. It doesn't seem that long that I left wow. Fox. Yeah. And we, we are the most successful independent news agency in the world by revenue standards. I mean, it's just been a colossal success, and it it rivals the uh, killing books. So there are enough people that understand why we're doing what we're doing, and they want to come along for the ride. Well, I would agree with that, except in my mind, nothing is ever going to rival the killing books. From the very beginning, I just can't get enough of this. I know you can only do one every X number of months, but come on now. We need a few. And, and uh, you think you have enough for how long? Well... If you read now Killing the Witches, if you start there and then you go Killing England, Killing Lincoln, all the way to the end, you'll know about your country. But next September, mid-September, I'm going to put out a book called Confronting the Presidents, and I'm going to give you um, a line on who these men were, every single one of them. And, of course, that's to uh, prepare everybody for the run-up for the presidential election in November. But the stuff that we are uncovering about these people, you will not believe it. I'll just give you a taste. George Washington's mother hated him. Okay. That's, that's a pretty good start. Is that a, that's the first yeah. line of the book. Wow. That's the first line of the book. It is incredible what we are coming up with, with every single one of these guys, that nobody has any idea who they were. They know what they did. They don't know who they were. And so it's fun writing this book. I mean, we're uh, about 60% done now, and we're chugging along. So that'll be out, and then, then you'll have everything. You'll have the whole series of history of your country and that's what i set out to do well you're doing it bill thank you BillOReilly.com. the uh, current book killing the witches bill have a good weekend thank you as always 
Always a pleasure, Dom. Thanks for having me in. All right, Bill O'Reilly, Dan, I got to say today, wound up, wouldn't you say? Something's uh, <laughs> <laughs> even giving up the next book usually doesn't uh, do that. <sighs> Pesky producers telling me I still have to introduce the side topic. Come on now. We have to do everything here. All right, here's what we're doing today, and it's uh, vaguely related to Halloween. I saw it on uh, somebody on Twitter. Hit us with... (laughs) Sorry, sorry. That's okay. Hit us with the death of a character in a movie or TV. Not the actor, but the death of the character that you remember. Maybe you were even moved by it. I know the all-timer in TV I'm going to take off is Henry Blake in M.A.S.H., Dan, they had to put out that he's not dead. The real Henry, you know, the, yeah. the actor's not dead. He just doesn't want to do Henry Blake anymore. So that's uh, been posted on Twitter, the side question, and uh, two or three people, yes. like, instantly. I, I guess Henry Blake was a very, very affecting yeah. death, huh? Absolutely. And one of my top three all-time fictional characters, even Shakespeare can't do better, Omar from yeah. The Wire. He might be the top of all time. Elements of anti-hero, not anti-hero, and the whole thing just... Uh, and, and the way that, like, it just... It still rings deep with me that the guy, he was right. such a icon in that community. Uh, and then, you know, everyone knew Omar. Everyone yeah. was afraid Omar of Omar. Coming. And then he dies, and it's like page five in a little blur. Oh, uh, the way they did that. Yeah. Just didn't even cover. He, he no, was nobody he, they the didn't cover him. They put in a fire. They didn't put in Omar. That's right. Yeah, they yeah. put in the fire instead of Omar. And yeah. the person, in case you haven't seen it yet, oh, my God, the, who killed him, that's the shocking thing of all. Yeah. Yeah. Dom Giordano Show, you got the side question. Some great ones on Twitter. You heard Bill O'Reilly. Uh, get your reaction. Boy, do we have a great guest coming up at 1 o'clock. She was with me before. Stella Morabito, former intelligence officer. The book uh, was the... T- uh, the tyranny of uh where's the exact title here dom come on now yeah the weaponization of loneliness we hear all the time about loneliness in america during covid and how petty tyrants weaponize that she wrote an article recently saying what's going on in college campuses is not as much ideology as much as you got to fit in in other words there are ideologues there there are these uh, palestinian hamas people But there's a lot of lemmings who want to fit in and look the other way or gravitate toward it. She'll be with us uh, at one o'clock. All right, let's go to um, let's go to Eileen in Lansdale and talk radio twelve ten. Hey, Eileen. Good afternoon. So, uh, what do you have on the side question today? Uh, Hi, Dom. Uh, I have Edith Bunker. What? Yeah. Tell us why. Well, first of all, she was a character that will never be forgotten, at least from my generation. I'm about 75 years old. And she was everything that every man really wanted in a wife but would never admit. (laughs) (laughs) And I think I think she she made uh, she made Archie look really bad sometimes because she didn't have to be his personality. But she brought the good out of him as well as the arrogance and everything else that he portrayed. Yeah, I remember her death. Uh, it moved people what? tremendously, Dan. I don't yeah. want to be no beneficiary. Why do these people think that I can just sign a poison off the wall like that? I, I don't want it. You just send it out to my daughter in California. It's Gloria Stivic. She lives in Santa Barbara. Well, why yeah. don't you do that, Mr. Bunker? I mean, you can endorse the check right over to her. 
So sad. Yeah, exactly. Well, oh, I want yeah, to change yeah. a pace for the show, too. Oh, yeah. That was Archie Bunker's place. Not yeah, a... It's still arguably the number one show in the history of TV because with cable, you can push the limits, the wire and all that. You couldn't push the limits on network TV. That show did. They wouldn't let you put it on today is the irony of it, though. So I've interviewed the meathead once in person. Nice guy in person, but the wild stuff of Rob Reiner, particularly toward Trump. Oh, man. He's got the fever beyond belief. Can I uh, take mine off the board, Doug? Yeah, yeah, go right ahead. So uh, back uh, in the mid-2000s, there was this show called Firefly on Fox. And right. it was canceled, right? And because of the cancellation, it's such a cult following that uh, in, in, the jo- or in the show, there's a joke where Peanuts, the character loves Peanuts. So fans sent, like, pallets of Peanuts to the Fox executives to get them to continue the show. In response, they created a movie called Serenity. And in Serenity, they killed off the most the, the most lovable character. I, I think it was a response to the fans because that character was the one with the Peanuts. And, and when Wash was killed, played by Alan Tudyk in Serenity, right. that was, uh, man, that, that was such an... He gets impaled with a giant beam, and it was it was so sad. He was such a lovable character. And I think that was the showrunners essentially saying... Look, this is a, we'll give you the movie, but we're going to kill your favorite character. You know, I have admiration, Dan, for those who kill off a, a major character, though. It takes a lot to do that. 24, Jim and I, uh, was 9 to noon we were doing, they killed off uh, Jack Bauer, the lead character's wife, Dan, in the last 30 seconds of year one. Yeah. You know how much real estate you're giving off, killing off a developed character? With 30 seconds left in the year, I never forgot that and admired that, that they were willing even to do that. Yeah. It's, it's laziness if you don't, but if you do it, man, you got to rewrite. You got to come up with all this stuff, Dan. And they pivoted with that, uh, that Nina, the uh, other operative who killed yeah, her. No such. Oh, when yeah. they made a deal and they said with uh, Jack Bauer, well, he won't be able to find you. She said, no, you got to kill him. And I want to know he's dead. He'll find me. Absolutely. No yeah. Yeah, exactly. I have one, too, that I want uh, to take off the list. Yeah, go ahead. We just started rewatching NYPD Blue, my wife and I. Right. And probably when Bobby Simone died. Yeah. On NYPD Blue. They stretched it out a little bit, but then when you go and rewatch it, you're like, okay, they did it the right way. Good but choice. I think my wife was more crying because, not because Bobby died. But because uh, Ricky Schroeder was coming in to replace him. I think that's what really got her <laughs> no, up. No more Jimmy Smiths? Yeah, no more Jimmy Smiths. No more Jimmy Smiths. It was Ricky Schroeder. All right, and- coming up, we're going to talk with Selwyn Morabito. We got our TV guy here. And hit us some character, movie TV, that died that you think was memorable. All in the Dom Giordano Show. Dom Giordano, weekdays noon till 3. From Talk Radio 1210, WPHD. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.